0: Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Thank you, everyone, for being here, whether you're uh, live or listening by podcast or on uh, the recording on our website. We know most people listen that way uh, because the middle of the day is not always the most convenient time. But uh, however you're listening, welcome. And today, um, the spiritual laws of nature, which I've been teaching uh, for about 14 years now, as we've been doing this program, Um, the the concept behind that is that there's natural law, which everyone knows, gravity, uh, Newton's three laws of motion, you know, you reap what you sow, the law of attraction, etc. There's natural law, and there's spiritual law, okay? So, How do those go together, and how do those impact your life, your health, your happiness? Uh, That's kind of the idea behind this, and where it kind of came from is, of course, when you go through uh, graduate school, my doctoral program in psychology and in naturopathic medicine, pretty much everything is natural law. But then you get into private practice, and you realize, for most people, this doesn't work very well. Okay, Usually a positive outcome from counseling and therapy is the person still has their problem, but now they have coping skills to deal with their problem and they feel better about themselves because they've talked to someone who has now become a trusted confidant, maybe even a friend for six months to three years or more, but they still have their problem. And in naturopathic medicine... Um it's similar. I mean, sometimes allergies heal, sometimes even cancer heals, but frequently you're not working on the source, you're working on symptoms. So even though we jump up and down and laugh and cry and celebrate and hug, when that when that health issue goes away, very often, uh a year later, two years, three years, ten years later. Here comes that same person again, that problem has come back, or a new one in its place because the source hasn't been addressed. And I believe, started believing a good while ago, that the reason for that, and, and is because the source, there's virtually always a spiritual source underneath a psychological, mental, emotional, or physical health problem. And very often, if you address that and fix it, you don't see that person again, except to get a Christmas card to say, have a great holiday, thanks for helping me live my best life. And uh, that's why I founded The Healing Codes, that's why we recently launched Trilogy, that's why I've been teaching these things for about 20 years now, and uh, to me, they're both essential okay? The trilogy, the healing codes, uh, yeah, you absolutely need to address that aspect of the problem, okay? But the, the part that's often overlooked and minimized is that, did I really do you any good if your cancer heals, but then you go out to live your life and you live it in a way that does not bring you health, happiness, intimate relationships, what you really want from then on. And I believe if you start living by what I call the spiritual laws of nature, I'm not talking religion. I run from religion. It took me decades to recover from my religious upbringing. Now, I believe there's a lot of good people in religion, but that's a different issue. But anyway, if you, if you understand and live by the spiritual laws in addition to the natural laws, okay, the natural is kind of a given, then frequently the illness, disease, emotion, negative emotion, whatever it is, goes away on its own, often without the codes or anything else. Not always, but often. But even if you do need something else to address the emotional, etc., typically it doesn't come back, or another thing in its place, and you go on to some, something close to your best life, alright? Today, we're talking about to change or not to change, and, and of the spiritual laws of nature, I would say they fall into three categories. Number one would be foundational laws, that's uh, kind of like, uh, think of a house, kind of like the foundation of a house. If the foundation ain't right, nothing is going to be right. And over time, if the foundation isn't right, everything else is going to crash and it won't matter. So if you don't get the foundation, nothing else matters. Then you have bricks, mortar, walls, ceilings, etc. Then you have kind of finishing touches. All right. To change or not to change would be a foundational truth, okay? If you're not willing to change, or if you haven't figured out how to change, which is extremely common, and I think I can help you with that today, then chances are you're in for health problems, negative emotions, uh, relationships that aren't what they could be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Okay? So today is foundational, so I really, really hope you'll give me the next 15 or 20 minutes to kind of lay this out in maybe, maybe a little different way than you've heard before so that you can go on to your best life or at least really close to it. Okay, first of all, um, if something in your life isn't working, If you have a desire that's a healthy desire that is not happening, you have to change something, okay? Now, I know you've heard this a million times, but let me reinforce it again. It's the definition of insanity, Doing the same thing, expecting to get different results than you have ever gotten before doing that thing. It's the definition of insanity. Now, a tiny little post-it note disclaimer here. Uh, There's exceptions to what I'm about to say. I'm primarily talking about things that are under your control in kind of normal life situations. If you are in a life or death situation, whether that be war or abuse or... Uh, last stage cancer or something like that, there are times in our life that we just have to kind of hang on by our fingernails until we get through that period. And I've had several of those, okay? And sometimes that's not about us. It's about our circumstances. What I'm talking about today is not about your circumstances. It's about you internally, all right? So after that disclaimer, if something isn't happening or working, you have to change something. Okay? Well, why do we resist that? We resist it because change is painful. Even though it can be exciting when looking at it on the other side of the line, kind of, you know, that metaphorical grass is always greener thing, even though it can look exciting when looking over the fence, once we, fe- once we start thinking about what we have to do to get there, there's some level of pain typically associated with that if we turn back, and sometimes even if we don't turn back, all right? There's almost always some kind of pain associated with change. Why? All right, let's take a look. What is the opposite of change? Well, most people would say to uh, keep doing what you're doing, all right? I disagree with that. I think the opposite of change is a perception of comfort. In other words, even if something in my life is not working and is causing me pain, when I think about the work involved in having to change, or what is going to be required of me if I do change, or how long the process of change is going to take, or what if that process of change goes wrong. When I think about those things, I feel comfort about just staying where I am because at least I'm surviving. At least, you know, things could be worse, all right? And so I make the choice, consciously or unconsciously, to stay with the status quo, even though I know it's not working, even though I know I have a healthy desire that, is, that, that I'm not doing in my life. So I believe, really, under the surface, in your unconscious, the reason we don't change is comfort. Although. The irony, the paradox, the spiritual aspect is when we choose not to change for the for the purpose of comfort. We are probably un- opening the door to extreme discomfort and pain later on in our life. And sometimes the worst pain, all right? I've shared many times that one of the most painful, hard things for me doing counseling and therapy was counseling people who were at the end of their life, either because they were last stage terminal illness or because they were very elderly, all right? And there's no way I can adequately get this across to you. You have to experience it, but I'll promise you this. People who are in that situation, who are at the end of their life, and feel like, I should have changed, I should have risked it, I should have done the hard work, if I could go back again, I would do it a hundred times out of a hundred, but I didn't, and I'm out of time. People in that situation are absolutely crushed. And I mean like the old-fashioned Coke can. Uh, No, I'm sorry, the new Coke can. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, For those of you who aren't old enough, the the old Coke cans were like made of steel, and you could, I mean, it took some effort to dent it. The new Coke cans, you can completely squash with one hand, all right? People who are in that situation are like, the newer Coke can, they are crushed with regret, with guilt, with depression, with anxiety, with you, you name it, all right? Now, try to lead them out of that, that, you know, even if you have an hour left, even if you have a day or a week left, it's not too late to get right as far as you can, and, 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 and usually that is enough for them to go from that place of crushing despair to some level of peace. But that does not change the fact that no one wants to end up in that place. Well, let me tell you, not changing for the perception of comfort And it is a perception, it's usually untrue. You're you're living and believing a lie. Not changing for that reason will very likely become the biggest regret of your life as time goes on. Only you will run out of time to change that. All right. So we're not really choosing comfort when we choose not to change. What we're choosing is stagnation and destruction. Uh, It was interesting to me, uh, a few years ago, very recently, all the thing about Alzheimer's and those... uh, uh, age-related dementia and neurological problems, which, by the way, we'll be healing the source of tonight on the custom-guided coded call. I hope you're there. Preventative and healing. But all these mind games came out, all right? Saying, okay, if you, if you get this uh, book and do these mind games, if you do these puzzles every day, uh, and then the apps came out, you won't get these late-stage you know, problems. (laughs) Research came out um, a couple years ago, I think, saying, no, as far as the double-blind, randomized, controlled testing, those don't make any difference at all. Those do not keep you from getting those things. Now, why did we think that in the first place? Because the research on those things came out that it was not a disease like a lot of other diseases where you catch something or a disease gene manifest or whatever that those particular category of illnesses are much more a use it or lose it type thing. You know, people who get toward the end of their life and start just watching television all day every day, this is the end result of that. But people who keep active and doing things uh, I would say um, yesterday was the uh, tragic death of Stan Lee, the founder of Marvel Comics and all the Marvel movies that have come out recently, which I I've, uh, have enjoyed so many of those with my boys uh, who are who, who love that. Okay, um, all, all the Iron Man and and all the wonderful action heroes. A lot of fun, okay? But he died yesterday at 95 and was still working, okay? Would you take that today, okay? If I could offer that to you today to be healthy, basically healthy, and working and happy until 95, would you take that? Most people would take that in a heartbeat, all right? Well, it's amazing how the people who keep growing, keep learning, keep active, doing something they're passionate about, even in the older ages, those are the people that lived in 95 and 100 and, you know, those type things. All right? But the puzzles and games are not the way. The way is to keep learning and growing, or to say another way, to keep changing to keep redefining yourself, to keep going up that mountain to a little bit higher and a little bit higher level. Let me give you some life examples because this one today, this spiritual law today, not only violates spiritual law, which is what we're typically talking about, it also violates natural law. It violates both, okay? A couple of interesting things, um... I'm told that the Wright brothers, after they invented the airplane, went to the railroads, who at that time were the richest people in the world. Okay? Reading Railroad, B&O, just think uh, the railroads on Monopoly. Okay? But the railroads were king of industry in the United States at that time. And the Wright brothers go to the railroads saying, we are offering you the opportunity to be in on the ground floor of the biggest new era in your industry, which is transportation. What happened? The railroads laughed them out of their office. Nothing will ever replace the railroads. Are you crazy? All right. Another one. I'm told that Ford... Henry Ford, after inventing the automobile, at least in the United States, went to the buggy and buggy whip makers of the United States. Similar thing, ground floor of automobiles, again, was laughed out of their office. You're nuts if you think that this is ever going to replace. Okay, Uh, one that's close to my heart, Sears. Uh, The department store in the United States, which uh, for many, many years, maybe a hundred years, was the number one store in the world, And, and close to my heart, because my mom worked for them for years, selling silverware door to door. Well, they have gone from the number one store in the world to falling off a cliff. It was a big news story just this last week that they're closing another... Uh, large group of stores around the United States—they're dying, and 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 have been for a long time now. Why? Because they resisted change. They were in the very best place to become the Walmart, to become the Amazon. But like the railroads, like the buggy and buggy whip makers, had the wrong belief. That, no, we're going to stay where we're comfortable. We don't believe anything will ever change this. We are not going to change. Well, if you don't change, you die. Now, one of the ones looking me in the face right now, looking at the future, is the oil companies. Okay, everyone knows the oil companies... You know, billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. Okay? Man, that industry, I don't know if you can even give it a dollar figure, it's so high. All right? Um, The oil companies should be the industry that is pioneering electric cars. Okay? They've got the money, they've got the resources, they've got the technology. They've got the infrastructure, they've got the manufacturing, they've got everything. But from everything I can tell, they are sitting on the sidelines fighting it. Digging their heels in, not learning the lessons of history. Okay, we think, here's what we wrongly think, that in our life. We can work hard or work medium or work just a little bit, whatever, you know, it's different for every person, and get to a comfortable place or destination and stay there, all right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work hard to get this house, this car, you know, here's what I want for my family, uh, I'm going to wear these kind of clothes, I'm going to work these kind of hours, I'm going to live in this place, we think... We can live our life to get to a destination and then <sighs> now I can sit in my client recliner relax and enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen it's a lie. It does not work that way. You don't reach a destination. You have to keep learning, keep growing, keep reinventing yourself, keep risking. Okay? Keep risking. The greatest things that have ever happened in the history of the world, people risked greatly and at times risked everything in order for the new change, the new paradigm, whatever. We keep wanting to get to a place where we don't have to risk. I, I saw a line in a movie. Um, I don't remember what movie it was right now. Where, uh, oh, it was... Um, um might have been Joe versus the volcano with Tom Hanks, but I'm not positive about that. And the line from the movie was playing it safe may just may just about be the most dangerous thing you can do. And that immediately resonated with me. I got home from the movie, wrote it down, and have thought about that ever since. But there's great truth in that. Playing it too safe may be the most risky thing you can do in this life. Think about all the people who thought they were going to work for the same company for 30 years, get a pension, retire like their parents and grandparents did, only to be laid off at 55 with no pension, which has happened to millions of people. These statistics are saying that in the next 15 to 20 years, a billion, with a B, a billion people are going to be put out of work by machines. All right. Things are changing at light speed pace around the world. We need to adapt. All right. Uh, a couple of a um, couple other people I want to bring in to weigh in on this. One is M. Scott Peck, medical doctor, psychiatrist, the author of the incredible book and, and uh, you know, block breaker bestseller, The road less traveled. And Dr. Peck uh, wrote about this extensively. Uh, He believed there were four stages to change. Okay? And the second one is chaos. And in his teaching, he said, most people, when they hit chaos, they turn around and go back out of fear and pain. Not knowing that if they would push through the chaos... Then they would get to the new community, to the new paradigm, the change that they are desiring. Uh, even Jesus Christ, when he lived on this earth, and I'm a follower of Jesus, it's the most important thing in my life, um, talked about this in, in one of his parables. Here's what he said. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one, otherwise the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled. The wine, and the wineskins ruined. The new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved. And most theologians I have read and consulted with about this parable Say this is a parable about change. It's a parable where Jesus was talking about the old law versus the new law, but it's it's a parable about change. And if you keep trying to deal with change in the old ways, it's probably not going to work. You have to adapt to new cultures, new uh, new new things about yourself, uh, etc. Et all right, so. This is natural law and spiritual law all right? Um, the word change is from the same root word as trans as to transform, which is the the analogy for that, the word picture for that is caterpillar to butterfly. Now I don't know that a caterpillar thinks in the way that we, talk about thinking, logical, rational reasoning, that sort of thing, but I bet if they do or if we could let them think for a few minutes about going into that cocoon for a period of weeks and terrible, excruciating pain, some of them would turn back if they could think or say, oh boy, I'm really dreading this. but, if, if, they, if they could think enough to know, okay, but here's, here's the future if I do change. No more crawling on the floor, no more eating uh, the kind of horrible junk I eat, for the most part, but I can become that beautiful butterfly, fly and have a, a totally transformed life. Well, then they might... Be willing to go through it, all right? So, one of the keys to being willing to change enough to do it is to constantly think about your future. Constantly think, now live in the present, okay? It's kind of like if you're, um, if there's a snowstorm and you have to walk to the grocery store, all right, you keep your eyes on your feet, or else you'll trip over a a limb or, or fall into a gully or whatever and be injured or not get to the store at all. But every once in a while, you look up toward your destination to make sure you're still going the right direction and on track. That's what I'm talking about here, all right? Every once in a while, remind yourself, I don't want to get to the end of my life with crushing regret. I don't want to get illness and disease if there's a possibility not to. I don't want negative emotions and I, I want to get off the couch, I want to get out there, I'm willing to risk in a healthy way, whatever that is for you, I'm willing to go through the chaos, I'm willing to go through the change in order to have the best life I can have. Wh- whatever, whatever that is. Okay? People will endure great pain because they're scared of pain. Isn't that that an irony, all right? We will stay in the same painful place because we're afraid of the pain of change. But what we don't realize is staying in the painful place brings on the greatest pain of all if we never change, all right? Um, we have a thing in our brain called an experience simulator. And this is kind of our try it before we buy it thing, where we look at some possible future action and decide whether to do it or not. And the experience simulator is, is intricately involved with our decision to change or not and to stay with it or to turn back. And, and so, if, if you are not changing in the healthy way that you believe you should, I guarantee you a lot of that is because of your experience simulator. The problem with that is, according to Dr. Dan Gilbert at Harvard, professor there, your experience simulator lies to you all the time. Why? Because it doesn't have all the information. It, it's, it's got lies As data in order to give you a possible outcome. So the outcome you come up with frequently is also a lie and not true. Although that's what's keeping you a lot of times from going through the the pain and work of changing. Freud uh, said idealism is the cause of all human suffering. Idealism is using your experience simulator and imagining what you think your life should be like by comparing to others' expectations, all that, and then acting on that. Okay? The problem is, expectations themselves are the happiness killer. The idealism itself is what will kill you. All right. Here's a a suggestion or two, and I know we've gone over today, and I apologize for that, but this is so important. First of all, this week, I would encourage you to look at your life and say, is there anything in my life that I would like to change if I could? Now, Of course, I'm not talking about the ridiculous things. I always always wanted to be like 6'3 instead of 5'10, all right? I'm not talking about that kind of stuff, all right? But something that is within the realm of possibility to change, is there anything in my life that I would like to change? That would include virtually any health problem, negative emotions, relationships, almost anything, your job, work, whatever, So, that's number one. Is there anything I would like to change? Number two, am I doing what I believe I need to be doing to help facilitate that change? Are you or are you not? Maybe you're doing a little bit, but not enough. Number three, when you hit the pain of chaos and change have you turned back over and over and over instead of going through it one time to get to your best life on the other side? Right? If not, then you can never say, I did my best to live my perfect life. Okay? If you've not pushed through that to get to the other side, through the pain, through the chaos... You can never say that, and I promise that'll haunt you later on in your life, especially if you reach that end place with no time left. Okay? Lastly, what do I need to do starting now? To do my best to change, which is all anyone can do, pushing through the pain and the chaos without turning back, until I get to the other side, no matter how long it takes, living in the present in love as best I can. All right, what do I need to do? What can I do to start that now? And and am I willing to do it? There aren't many things in your life that are more important than how you deal with this issue in your life. Not only now, but for the future. Not only for you, but for everyone you love and care about. Okay? We would be honored greatly to help you change in a healthy way. Okay? One step is deciding to do it. Committing to do it as best you can. All right? And that's what the spiritual law teachings are all about. Secondly, we would be delighted with Trilogy and some of our other resources. We're about to release another one next month called Memory Engineering that I've been working on for 30 years that can greatly benefit this process in in every person I've ever seen. All right? So we believe... We have the teachings and the tools to help you start now, not turn back, persevere through the chaos, through the pain, to get to the other side, and let me tell you, there's nothing more freeing and liberating than that. Those are the people who, at the end of their life, when I visit with them, are at peace. So, if you keep going the way you're going, are you going to be at peace when you get to the end, or are you going to have regrets, depression, pain, and, and I know everyone has regrets, That's, but are you going to be predominantly at peace? Yeah, for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, I kept turning back, I didn't do what I needed to do. That's fine. We all do that. All right, But when I was 40, when I was 50, when I was 60, when I was 80, I started again and pushed through and did not turn back. Think about it. The most impo- I, I can't stop without saying this. The most important aspect of this to me is the spiritual being right with God, praying to God for His help, His healing, His guidance, and your best life. Please, please, please pray, meditate about this this week. Talk to your partner, spouse, significant other, parents, kids, others you care about. Ask them their opinion. Contact us. We'd be delighted to help. Our coaches are fabulous at joining hands with you and helping you go through this change. Not just talk therapy, not just treating symptoms, but sources. I hope you will decide to constantly, continually, for the rest of your life, be willing to change, be willing to risk, appropriate, healthy risk, and be healthy, happy, working, passionate, to 90, 95, 100, etc. And by the way, the largest study ever done on people that live to be over 100, this was one of the key issues. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, blessed day.